Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us today on the show. I am so excited to introduce you guys to somebody that is just, to me, this amazing person that God brought into my life through an event that I was speaking at. Teresa Mahoney is our guest today. She is an incredible, I met her, like I said, at a women's event where she was leading worship and I was the guest speaker. We were at a women's retreat up in the mountains in Colorado together. And I remember after I met her the first time, I'm like, wow, this chick's really special. And she has such a tender, pure heart for the Lord. And just for people, you, she's one of those people, you guys, that when you meet her, you feel the love of people just coming off of her. When she talks to you, she looks you in the face and she's genuine. And I just love that because I feel like I don't see that a lot. Everybody's in such a hurry these days. And we're all so rushed to get to our next appointment or meeting. And Teresa is not like that. She looks you in the eye and you can feel her interest and you can tell that she's really listening to what you're saying. And so she's a blessing to be around. But on top of that, you guys, this is so cool. She's an amazing worship leader. Like she has a true gift from God. And when I got to hear her sing after meeting her, I was super impressed. And I was like, I want to be friends with this girl. We were in a meeting together and I was like, oh, I want her number. And then I went to the retreat and got to actually hear her lead worship. And I was like, oh, Lord, strengthen my knees because I'm about to fall out. This girl is so anointed. And everybody said so. It wasn't just me. It was like the talk of the whole retreat. So you guys are going to be really blessed by her today. You're going to be blessed by her story, her testimony of the goodness of God and by her amazing music once um, we tell you how to get her new CD. Teresa's a singer, musician, award-winning photographer, graphic designer, wife, and mother of four. As a stay-at-home mom turned singer-songwriter, Teresa just released her first EP, Made New, on September 22nd of this year, 2017. Her songs can best be described as Christian indie folk with a bit of pop influence. Um, she's an amazing person. She lives in Castle Rock with, um, her husband, Brad and her four children, Keaton, Madeline, Weston and Wyatt. And of course their awesome dog Coda, which is such a cool name. <laughs> Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I, so happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. This is something that got put on my heart months ago. Um, we have a mutual friend, Ginger Delgado, who had said, Hey, you know, I'm helping Teresa with, her her new album and and I would love it if she could be a guest on the show and I was like oh my gosh I'd love to have her so I'm glad it worked out and um our schedules worked so that we could get this going I'm just excited I haven't actually heard your testimony so I know a little bit about your life right now but I don't know much about um your history so why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about where you grew up and and a little bit about your um story with the Lord okay all right so I grew up mostly in Colorado um Castle Rock Franktown area and um, my parents are Christians, so I was raised, you know, from a very, very young age to call Jesus my Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
was active in my high school youth group and I sang on the worship team then. And um, when I was, I don't know, I graduated from high school when I was 16 and went off to college and I kind of figured out that there was a lot of other stuff out there than this sheltered existence that I had been living oh, sure. my entire life. I can and, totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I just remember thinking like, this is the religion that my parents, I don't want to say force fed me because they are not religious, legalistic people at all. Sure. But it was still the only thing that I was fed. Right. So I, I remember thinking this, this isn't mine. Mm. Maybe one day it will be mine. But I don't know. I don't know if it's mine or not. And I need to find out what my options are before I can commit. Because I, I couldn't, I felt like a hypocrite being like, oh, yes, I believe, I believe, I believe, if I didn't know for sure. Right. I so I went on this journey, which it's strange. It also coincided with my desire to um, be worldly and, you know, try all the other stuff that I had never wanted to try. Right. Because I don't know if it's a coincidence or not or if it's just, you know, my sick human nature but it it just so happened that being able to say oh I don't believe this anymore was super convenient for oh guess what now I can also drink and I can also do all these other things that my religion you know had prohibited me from doing now that it's no longer my sure, religion so sure. yay anyway um isn't it, it funny how that works out yeah so <laughs> um, I moved to New York to become a famous singer wow yes and so we found this guy to do a demo for me I recorded a U2 song, Running to Stand Still, but then he's like, but you also have to write your own song too because it has to be, like you have to have your own song or, or this isn't going to work. So I wrote the lamest, most horrible song. Like I can't <laughs> even remember how it goes, but it was so bad. And so we finally um, got the, the demo made and I was working because, you know, I moved out there with nothing. So I had to work all the time and I didn't really have, first of all, I don't know why I picked New York to pursue music. It's not really a music hub, but... Yeah. I had a boyfriend who lived there, so that party played a part in it. Well, and it just seems like New York is like the city where if you want something to happen, that's where you go. You know? It's, yeah. It just seems like that's an important city to get things done. I don't know. So yeah. I feel you. I get so, it. Well, I lived in Long, Long Island, so it was like two hours train ride outside of the city because who can afford to live in the city? And um, long story short, I never even sent the demo to anyone. Oh, my gosh. I think I was just embarrassed <laughs> about, about that song that I had written. But anyway... Um, through a couple of things happened to me. One thing was I had been a diehard Amy Grant fan my whole life. Mm, I love her too. So her, her album came out while I was in New York and it was The House of Love. And I was like, I knew when it was coming out. I went to the store and I bought it right when it came out. Even though like I'm not a Christian, I'm not following God. Yeah, I was going to say, were you like going to church anywhere? Oh, or no, you? definitely no. not. No. Okay. So you weren't really walking with the Lord very much like, at all? Not at all. Okay. Um, but a couple of things happened. I remember we took this trip to um, Europe and we were in Wales and I met this old lady in Wales and she was like, she was talking to me about Jesus. Her husband, her son was a priest. Wow. And I, I remember I was in tears talking to her and I'm like, I know, I, I really know, mm. but I wasn't ready to, to admit Stay. it fully, mm -hmm. but like, I was like, oh yeah, that, there's something inside of me that's not dead. Well, isn't it funny? I I hear a lot of people talk about, and even my own testimony, those years that I was not walking with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to you as, as much as like, I knew that was my parents' religion, but I needed to believe that for myself. Yeah. And I think that's so true for all of us with kids that are trying to raise our kids, you know, in a Christian home mm -hmm. to believe in God. Really, it, 
at the end of the day, it comes down to them having their own experience with the Lord and their own walk with the Lord. They have to meet him for themselves. But even those years that I wasn't walking with the Lord, it's so similar. And many people that I've talked to and even interviewed on the show, when we're living away from him, those emotional tugs that you just felt that you talked about with that lady from Wales, to me, that's the Holy Spirit saying, you may have walked away, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just reminding you that I love you and I'm still here. And it's so funny that he has those little reminders, even throughout our years of being away, you know, and I love that about him. He's faithful. He's so faithful. you're in Europe, you're, you're having this moment with this lady and you're yeah. reminded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, we came back and I bought the Amy Grant CD and, um, the, one of the songs on it was called Love Has a Hold on Me. Mm. And one of the, it reminded me of a song that was a scripture that my mom used to sing. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is faithful to keep what I have committed to him against that day. And I don't know exactly where that's found. I think maybe Paul said it. But anyway, I, I had it in my head as a song. And that, that song brought me back because one of the lines in the song is, long before my life had come to be, love had a hold on me. Mm. And... um. It just reminded me, like, it was like a flash, like, you know how you see in movies, like all the, everything's like coming at people and, and yeah. it's like a, like a, they're in hyperspeed kind of, mm-hmm. I was like, everything came together and it became crystal clear. And I was like, aha, it's true. I did commit my life to Jesus and he has been holding it this whole time, whether or not I've been faithful. Yes. He's always there. That's so good. Yeah. So I came back to Colorado. Um, I wanted to pursue a music career, but I think I had a lot to learn. I, I, I can't say, I'm looking back, I can say now, like here's things that I have learned now that make it possible for me to have a music career. And, sure. and I can speculate and say, well, maybe that's why it didn't happen when I was 20 because I had all these lessons to learn. I don't know, but it didn't happen then anyway. And I found my husband and we got engaged. And I, I was traveling around with this um, traveling youth conference in the band singing. And it got to be like my senior year of college and it was just too much. We had to take off like Thursday through Monday, like two different weeks every, every month. And mm. I had to really focus on finishing up my degree. I think yeah. I did like the seven year college plan. But um, anyway, so I got serious, you know, got married and we started having kids. And I, I, I always sang, I was singing on our church's worship team for all my whole life, but um, never really wrote, never really pursued playing the guitar or anything. And, um, Let's see. It was a couple couple years ago I picked up the guitar again. It was probably like four years ago now. And um, I, I realized every time I would be at a concert or mm-hmm. even like at a women's event when I wasn't leading worship, I felt this indescribable tug on me like that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to be doing that. But I was like, I was always like, yeah, I just can't do it right now. You know, I've got all these kids. I'm nursing mm-hmm. a baby. Like I, I don't. It looked impossible. Times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people do it with little babies. Yeah. I just don't know how. And I couldn't. So um, finally, it seemed to be the time to start pursuing it again. So I realized I had to pick up an instrument. I couldn't, I couldn't just go out and do it without being able to play. Mm-hmm. So I started learning the guitar. And after I had been playing the guitar, I don't know, a year and a half or maybe a year and a half. Um, the lady who was in charge of worship at my church's women's retreat asked me to come and play. And that was my first time ever playing guitar in front of people. Yeah. And that was um, two years ago because this is, this is the third year of the retreat that we just had of me leading. Anyway, so I had I had a really cool experience at that retreat that I, that I wanted to talk about today, which is yeah. amazing how wh- what you said when you introduced me. I was like, I, it made me start crying because I'm like, that's exactly what I was going to talk about oh, today. Oh, that's so cool. But um, so I, I was hurt in 
middle school and high school by girls. And I ended up, like, I think every time I got hurt, I, I put up a wall inside me, and then I would get hurt again, and then there was a bigger wall. And then so by the time I was, I don't know, in my 20s, my feeling about people was basically, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. They drain you. They use you. They stab safe. you in the back. They're not safe. Yeah. Just don't really like them. Like, I'm, I'll have my little tribe, my people who I would do anything for, but, like, people in general, like, the public, mm-hmm. not so much. Wow. And I started doing this Bible study with my really good friend. Um, we did a bunch of K. Arthur studies, which are inductive. So, oh, like, yeah. you just really study scripture. It's not opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not really even application. It's just studying the scripture. And um, what I learned was that my perspective on people was not uh, good. <laughs> it wasn't a good perspective. It's like Jesus gave us two commands, love your God and love people. Yeah. And if I'm only committing to one of those, then I'm really not committing to any of them, you know, mm. really well. So I knew in my brain that I really needed to love people. Yeah. And I was, but I couldn't manufacture those feelings. Like I couldn't sure. like look at people and be like, I love you because I got nothing, you know, yeah. like you can't pretend to feel towards people what you don't feel. So kind of ended up like, praying really hard that God would help me love people, but then also in the meantime, being obedient and acting loving towards people, like not in an insincere way, but like disciplining myself to do loving things. Well, so okay, for here's an example of of how that looked. So I would be on the worship team at church, and when you get off the stage, you have to cross the whole foyer to get over to where there's like tea and donuts. Mm -hmm. And like being the introvert that I am, like the when I would go across there, I would like book it like fast, like I had a place to go. And like, if I saw people I knew, I'd like smile and catch their eye and wave, but keep booking, keep on yeah, booking. You look real busy so that they don't try to interrupt you. That's exactly it. Yeah. You look busy. And I, it was just like my coping mechanism. Cause I knew like if I stopped and talked to people, I, I don't do small talk. So it would just be like getting to the heart of something right away. Sure. And I wasn't, I wasn't open to that. Yeah. You weren't ready to be vulnerable. Yeah. So my, what that looked like forcing myself to, you know, quote, love people was making myself stop and actually talk to people and not like blaze past them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's still hard for me to do that because I just I just don't do that naturally. But that's one of the ways that I was able to to work on discipline myself to love people. So, you know, this is like 10 years in the making of me wanting to love people, but not feeling it, but still trying to do the best I could while not yeah. feeling it. And then um, the first women's retreat that I led worship at. Um, I was playing my guitar, like, which is totally freaky to play your guitar in front of people for the first time, like singing, like whatever, I can do that all day long, but playing my guitar and singing at the same time, that was like, "Ah." but anyway, so we got down off of the, the first set Friday night and I, before I took my seat, I wanted to go to the back of the room and grab a piece of chocolate so I could enjoy the chocolate while we were listening to the speaker. Yeah. And I walked behind all the women and I looked and I could see like the backs of their heads and the speaker had gotten up and she was starting to talk. And this, like, I'm not a woo-woo person, and this doesn't happen to me very often, but, like, their heads were kind of glowing. It was wow. it was very strange, but I looked out at them, and they were just glowing, and I had this, like, intense, like, shot of love for yeah. these people. I'm like, I want to know your story. I want to know about you. You're mm-hmm. beautiful. You're precious. And I just, like, the love that I had not been able to manufacture feelings for in my wow. heart just was there. You had a love encounter, girl. Yeah, that's what happened. Wow. And I've like I know I, I was telling you like I can speculate and see why this didn't happen when I was 20 and maybe maybe what needed to happen in my heart was to be able to become vulnerable and actually love people. 
Yeah. Because getting up on the stage in front of people with a, with a feeling of I love you and I'm willing to open myself up to you because I love you yeah, is so different from where I was when I was 20 when I was like, I have a pretty voice. You should come listen to me. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. it's not even it's in the same universe. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, and that just reminds me, um, and especially, you know, for myself and for our listeners, it's so encouraging to me to hear you say that because a lot of times God asks us to do things that are really hard and that we don't feel equipped to do. Like you said, you, you just didn't have that in you to love people. And on top of that, you had all these walls around you from past experiences of wounding, which I think happens to so many of us and how we handle that and how we build those walls. And when he tells us to take the bricks down, you know, um, and to take the walls down, sometimes that's really scary. And so I think it's so brave of you to say to him, okay, I don't have this in me, but I'll start taking the bricks down. And you did that faithfully for like a decade, Teresa. And then you know, you're just doing your thing. You're just walking with the Lord. You're just like, okay, taking the walls down. I'm taking the walls down. Still don't feel anything, but I'm going through the motions. It's kind of like fake it till you make it, but in a good way. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just faith. You know, we can't see the fruit of it. We don't necessarily feel any different, but we've decided that we're going to go with God. Mm -hmm. And if God says love people, we're going to do that, whatever that looks like for us. And for him to come and meet you in that space, I think is so beautiful that he met you I mean, you weren't in Walmart and you weren't like, you know, at the grocery store, you had just led worship. So you're up there faithfully pursuing your passion and your gift that he's given you and you're pouring it out. But at the same time, you're making an effort to take the walls down and love people. And he meets you right there after your faithful work with him to let him tear those walls down and work it out in your heart. And that gives me so much hope, you know, for all the things in my life that he's asked me to do. And, you know, I believe for our listeners, the things that he's asked them to do, that honestly, they we say to him, like, I, I don't have that naturally in me. I'm too wounded or I'm too broken or I'm too scarred. And it's like the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, girl, but I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet you in that place. And you just hang in there. And one day it's going to come real natural to you. Yeah. That's so yeah. beautiful. And so would you say, Teresa, that that was like a turning point? For you in your walk with the Lord, just seeing him show up like that, like, hmm, that is a good question. Um, it didn't feel like a turning point for me as far as my relationship with God, because I felt like it's been solid for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like an over and abundant gift that I wasn't expecting. Like it was kind of off my radar because it had been so long that I was praying for it, you know, just kind of got mixed in with all the rest of the stuff I was praying for. But you know, God does that. He like he surprises you with mm. things that that are that seem out of the blue, but then when you look back you can be like, I can see how all the things worked together yeah. for this to happen. And that those moments are those really, really sweet moments that you hold on to and you remember. I mean, yeah. like I told you today, like two of my maybe ten amazing God moments of my whole life, you know, like that's forty years and I and there's there's not very many of them. Most of the time it's you trust that these things are going to work together for good, but 95, 99% of the time, you mm-hmm. never see the culmination of what the good is. You right. just have to trust. So I, you know, hanging on to those times when you get a glimpse is, mm-hmm. it feels to me so important. It is important. I love it. Like you said, when he gives us a tangible moment that we can like cling on to and be like, Oh, he totally showed up there. I felt it. I saw it. I know that was real. That was a love encounter. I'm hanging on to that. He's so faithful. 
an Ebenezer. That's so in the yes. Old Testament that the Israelites would raise their Ebenezer stones to remind them and their children and their children's children of specific concrete things that God had done for them. Um, I wrote a song called Ebenezer about that. It didn't make it onto the EP because we could only fit five songs, but it's the same. It's that idea of reminding yourself of the goodnesses, the times when you know for sure that you saw God move. Yeah. I, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like you sang that at the women's retreat that I met you at. I might have. I feel like you told us this is not on the album and it was a beautiful song. Thank you. Um, you know, I think it's so interesting, especially now that I know your story about love and vulnerability and, and um, you know, just the walls that we can all naturally kind of build around to, to self protect ourselves. And for some people it's relationships like it was for you and me. Like I'm, I've been super wounded especially with women in my life. And so I'd built up all these walls and then God made me a women's pastor. So it was kind of like a joke. I was like, oh, this is funny. Let's see how this works out. Um, but I love that that I introduced you the way that I did on the show today because I didn't know any of that, like you said. Yeah. And that everything I said is absolutely true. I wasn't blowing smoke. I don't do that. And I'm telling you, when I met you in that room where we had the meeting prior to the retreat, um, we had a meeting about, you know, scheduling and all that with the people that put on the retreat. That's when I met you for the first time. And I'm dead serious. I could feel your love and your sincerity. I felt your tenderness and, and all those great things about your heart. But I also, that's absolutely true. When I was talking to you, you were looking me in the eye and you seemed genuinely interested in what I was saying. And you were so authentic and kind. And I really did. I felt the love. So I just want to say to you, whether you see it or not, you know, every day, like he did that Ebenezer Stone moment for you at that one retreat, all of us around you who interact with you, that's a real thing. We see it. We feel it. It's genuine. So God's been faithful and he has met you where you're at. And I mean, I just want you to believe that because it's, we see it. It's so authentic. It's so genuine. And like I said, that encourages me for all the prayers that, that I'm believing God for, for the transformations in my own life and my own character and things that he's working on with me, places he's asking me to lay down my walls, you know? Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's so true. It's just, it's a miracle. It's because I, I, if you would have met me 20 years ago, yeah. you would have not, you would have not had that impression. So, well, it's absolutely true yeah. today. And it's a testimony of the faithfulness of God it is yeah. completely. and the yeah. goodness of God. I know that there are so many of us, um, that we have those things that we say, well, I mean, I say this to my assistant, Rachel, all the time, because she's a lot younger than me. You know, she's like a millennial. So a lot of times I'll tell her something. She'll be like, I never knew that about you. I don't know that story. That's crazy. I can't even like, I don't, I can't even imagine that. And people that know me now, I tell them all the time, like you would not recognize me if you had met me 20 years ago when I was in my twenties. And um, even like my early thirties, before I came back to the Lord, I was a different person. And if you had told me then that I was going to be in ministry and that I was going to be trying to open a house for girls recently incarcerated to get a fresh start, like the Chrysalis house, and that God was going to let me be a speaker at women's events and minister to broken people, and he was going to let me have a radio show trying to point people to the truth about Jesus and how much he loves them, I would have laughed because it was just laughable at the time because I was so far from that, you know, and coming back to the Lord in my early thirties and walking with him for this last decade has been the best thing that ever happened to me. And he's done so much in such a short amount of time. So I just want to encourage people listening to God can do a quick work. 
-hmm. You know, it's never too late, right? It's never too late. That's right. Yeah. Cause I just think about you, what you said in your testimony about buying that Amy Grant album Mm -hmm. after you got back from Europe and, and how you were listening to those lyrics and you were like, Oh my gosh, he was there the whole time. Yeah. He never left me. Yeah. That's, that's, I always thought about that for my own music. Like, I don't know. I don't want to get up in front of people because, you know, people, but um, what I want is to record songs that can maybe speak about my story and what's happened in my life. And that there will be points of connection that other people will have. And my ideal way of people to listen to it is alone like in their car, maybe driving somewhere where it has a chance to actually penetrate their heart yes. and, and they're praying. Maybe, you know, like that was always my idea of what my music would eventually turn out to be. But now that there's this, I actually love people. <laughs> I, I, I can I can be vulnerable in front of them and actually play music in front of them. And I think that, that was a missing piece that I'm ready to do now. That's so cool. Um, I want to pray for people before we close. But before we do that, um, again, your album is called Made New. Yes. And tell people how they can find your album. Okay. So it's available everywhere you would normally find music like iTunes and Spotify. And yeah. Awesome. You can also get it on my website, TeresaMahoney.com. Okay. And Teresa has two S's and no H. Yeah. It's spelled a little different. Yeah. So they can say that website again. Okay. It's TeresaMahoney.com. Awesome. You guys, you would be so blessed to hear her album. I got to hear her live. I've gotten to hear some of her original music and also some worship music that she led for us at that retreat. And listen, you won't be disappointed. Get her album. You're going to love it. It's going to bless you. Get a couple because... It'd be a great gift as we go into the holidays to give to friends. And especially like if you have any guy friends or girlfriends that are going through a really hard time, um, this music will really encourage you. You know, it's honest, it's heartfelt. And like she said, she wants it to break through to what you're going through. So let me pray for you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, like we talked about today, I just slipped up everybody that is feeling, you know, that they're far from God and need to feel that he's still pursuing them, Lord. Will you let them feel your presence and just call them back home to you, Lord? And I pray for people that have dreams in their heart that have yet to be fulfilled. God, that you would just fulfill those dreams like you did for Teresa. It's never too late. Your timing is perfect. And Lord, I especially pray for the people who have those relational walls like I did and maybe Teresa did that that we've built up around our heart. Lord, will you help us take those walls down? Will you bring healing? Will you do what you want to do, God, only like you can do it? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today on Scandalous Grace. Please email me at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com and and let us know how God's moving in your life. And please prayerfully consider donating to this show. It's a ministry outreach and we could really use your money to to keep this show on the air. We'd love to hear from you at carlaswanigan.com. And just remember, you guys, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. 